Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. What this day represents is the foundation of Christianity. Without this day existing, what we are celebrating today, there would be no hope, there would be no life, we would all be destined for hell, there would be nothing in our lives that could bring us hope or joy or peace. But because Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he made a way for all of us to experience his spirit, his freedom, and the power of his resurrection. This day really matters. It's so important that we, that we gather and we remember what this day really says to us. Most of the time when we think about resurrection, we think about eternity, which is true. It's true that the resurrection of Jesus means that when we leave this earth, we will spend eternity with him. We will, we will not be due the punishment that we deserve because of our sin, but we would step into eternity and be with him forever. But what we often forget is that the resurrection of Jesus really is for us to experience his life and his hope in every single day of our lives. I hope you, I hope you know that. And we thank God today for the incredible love that he demonstrated to us through sending his son. But today, as I was preparing for this, there's always this, this great reverence and weight of, of the Lord that I, I want God's people to receive the message from God's heart that he has for you. I could get up here and, and say a lot of stuff that's true, but I believe that there is a message that God wants you to hear today. It's a message that reminds you that he sees you, he loves you, he wants you, and he wants you to experience who he is every day, every day of your life. Every day. So we celebrate today that Jesus is not dead, he is alive. It's the, there's a tradition that you would say he is risen, and the other person would say, If you're not aware of that tradition, it's okay. I didn't totally become aware of it. I was like, why is everybody saying the same thing? That's really strange. How did I miss that? But the reality is this, because it matters. He is risen. Actually, he is risen indeed. And the truth is this. We live in a fallen, broken world. Every one of us knows this you're gonna have difficult days. Anybody here ever had a difficult day, right? Okay, all of us have had difficult days. We live in a world where because it's a fallen, broken world, there is suffering, there is difficulty, and there are, there are times of our lives that, that, we, that we feel the crushing pressure of what it means to be human, what it means to deal with difficult times. And so many times if we're not careful, we can, we can apply the resurrection of Jesus on the day when all of our suffering's over, all of our suffering's gone, and we die, and now, oh, good, now we're not suffering anymore. But we need to know something today. The resurrection of Jesus, God wants you to know this, the resurrection of Jesus wants to give you victory and hope in the, in the darkest, most difficult days of your life. That's why he came. 
He didn't come to, to, God didn't send his son to die for you so that he's like, well, listen, it's going to be hell until you die. But hey, after you die, it's going to be great. He sent his son to live a life we couldn't live. To die and bear the punishment of sin that we couldn't bear ourselves and pay the price for. His son was buried in our place because we all are going to die. He was buried in our place. But then he rose again so that all who put their faith in him can find life and can be risen again with Christ. But this is about the life that we live on this side of the grave. Yes, it's about eternity. But what does, the, what does the life of Jesus have anything to do with us in every single day of our lives? We go through difficult days. Jesus never promised a life without trouble. But he did give us an example of, he, he gave us an example of what it means to walk it through. He gave us an example and he paid the price for us so that no matter what we go through, we know that he is with us. We know that we're not alone. We know that he loves us. And we know that in the midst of our most difficult days that there is still hope and there is still life because the resurrection of Jesus Christ tells us that and strengthens us in the midst of that. He, listen, we need to understand this, friends. And we're gonna look at it in just a moment that there is no difficult place there is no difficult hour that you will ever go through that Jesus hasn't already been to. You're never going to face a day where it's like, I, this is too much and God, you don't know what I'm going through. There is not a place of pain, darkness, betrayal, physical pain, spiritual pain, emotional pain that Jesus hasn't already gone to so that he now can meet you in the midst of that and you can find hope and victory because of his resurrection. First Peter says this, God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is our example. And we are to follow. We must follow in his footsteps. So Jesus set an example for us. Jesus walked through difficult times so that we can find hope when we face difficult times. In other words, through Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he purchased for us salvation, yes, but he also purchased for us hope and victory and to save us in the midst of the day that you think you can't go on anymore. When you go through tragedies, when you go through terrible pain, when you go through days of depression or despair, and I'm not going to ask us to raise our, raise our, hey, which one of these apply to you? Some of us, we just raise our hands the whole time. That's me. That's me. The resurrection of Jesus says that he has paved the way for us to rise above, to feel his love, and to find hope in the midst of hopelessness. That is what the resurrection tells us. This is the message of Easter. His resurrection has given us hope and turmoil. His resurrection has given us power and weakness. His resurrection has given you life in death. 
His resurrection gives you peace in the midst of trouble, gives you freedom from sin, not because of how strong you are. No, the resurrection tells us you couldn't do it on your own anyway. The resurrection tells us you had nothing to save yourself anyway. The resurrection tells us that God so loved you that he sent his son to go to the place you couldn't go, to pay the penalty you couldn't pay, and to conquer death, hell, and the grave. That when you put your faith in him, you become inside of Jesus. Thus, you receive everything that Jesus has purchased and bought for you. That's what the resurrection tells us. Hebrews 2.18 says, since he, Jesus himself, has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested, when we are going through suffering and testing. So Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it happened over three days. And I want to look at those three days and see what they say to us in our everyday life. There was Friday, which we celebrated Good Friday, and that was a day of pain. That was a day of agony. That was a day of suffering. That was a day of rejection and loneliness. And there was Saturday, that was a day of confusion. That was a day that, that, that there was a lost hope, and there was fear, and the wringing of their hands of the disciples, and misery, and grief, and loss. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But then Sunday came, and that was the day of victory. That was the day of power. That was the day that... Hope was restored. That was the day of great celebration. But what can we learn from these three days? What can we learn from, from what Jesus did for you? What can we learn that how does the resurrection of Jesus apply to your life every day? And here's, here's the truth. All of us are going to go through these three days over and over and over in our lives. There's going to be days that you're going to face incredible pain. You're going to face, could be emotional pain, mental pain, physical pain. There's going to be days that things happen in your life and you're going to be like, I, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I, I don't know which way to go. Anybody ever been there where life happens and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like we've all been there and there's going to be days of great victory where you find yourself on a mountaintop and you're like, this is fantastic and life is good. All these three days are a part of what's called the human life. But Jesus wants to give us hope in the midst of this. Some of you right now are maybe in the day of pain. Some of you right now are maybe in the day of confusion and doubt. Some of you right now are in a, in a great place. Maybe you're in a place of great joy. But the truth is, we're all going to go through these days. And God wants you to know this, friends, that Jesus has answered some of these questions that we have in life. Like, what hope does Jesus give me in my days of pain? Or how does Jesus meet me in my days of doubt and confusion? Or how is it that Jesus can give me victory no matter what I'm going through? This is what Resurrection Sunday is all about. How can this Easter story be used in your life today and every day of your life? This is what God wants you to know today. This is, he wants you to leave here with hope. 
The first day, if we look at the life of Jesus leading up to his resurrection, that was a, that, that was a day of difficulty and a day of excruciating deep pain. Friday was the day of pain. And Jesus experienced pain in the ultimate level. He experienced physical pain. He was whipped. He was wounded for our transgressions. As you read the account, he was spit on. He was beaten. They ripped his beard out of his face just to cause him more pain. They stuck a crown of thorns on his head as a form of mockery and they beat it into his skull. Before that, he was betrayed by a friend. He was rejected by his own countrymen and he was cursed out for being what they all needed and we need a savior. They also whipped him with what's called a cat of nine tails. At the end of that whip were nine strands of leather that they would fasten broken bones and glass and rocks that were jagged to inflict the most pain as possible. So every time they would whip Jesus, many times the, the cat of nine tails wouldn't just bounce off of him, it would actually stick to him. And then as they removed it, it would remove the flesh from his back. And as we know, because of scripture, this was done on his back 40 times. It was part of the Roman tradition, whoever the, whoever, the pers- whoever the soldier that was whipping at the time, whether it was Jesus or someone else, the goal was to get the individual to die while they were whipping them because they would lose so much blood. This is a day of excruciating pain. 40 times, the cat of nine tails. So there was 360 lashes on Jesus' back before he went to the cross. A day of deep pain. Then they took him without sleep, without food, without water, and he's been up all night, and they take him and they nail him to the cross, which is one of the most torturous forms you can imagine. It's the most excruciating pain And so then, that was physical pain. Then there's the emotional pain that Jesus went through. The psychological pain. Because death on a cross was not not about death. If they wanted you to die, they could have just put a sword in you and killed you. This was about death by humiliation. This was about a public spectacle to humiliate and crush you emotionally and psychologically. It was was a demonstration to to put fear in the hearts of those who were watching. And you were stripped naked and you were crucified and beaten and before a crowd as you're gasping for air, the gurgles of your own lungs, the screams, the moans, the quivering of your own flesh was seen and displayed. And it was all about humiliation. It was all about, I'm going to, I'm going to show you you are nothing. Excruciating pain. 
And he went through the pain of rejection, the pain of humiliation, the pain of betrayal. He went to that deep, dark place so that through his resurrection, no matter what you go to, he can meet you there and give you hope. The punishment that we deserved, he took. But then there was another level of pain that none of us have ever really experienced, and that's spiritual pain. To this magnitude and to this degree, Jesus died on the cross for all the sins of mankind, which means he took the guilt of every crime, every filthy sin throughout history. And all that guilt was laid upon him. I mean, think about, think about it when you stumble and sin, the guilt that you feel. But Jesus carried the guilt of every murderer, every rapist, every affair, every embezzlement, every genocide, every evil thing every inhumane thing done out of evil through sin from man. He took all that guilt upon himself. He went through hell of separation from God. And even so, he cries on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The moment that he felt that guilt, the moment that he became that substitute, the moment that God placed his hands on his son on the cross and, and brought him to the altar of the cross and imputed and imparted the sins of all of us on him, Jesus Christ, my God, the day of excruciating pain. Here's one thing you can understand, friends. Because we live in a world where there is much suffering. Many of you have gone through much suffering. You can be certain that Jesus understands pain. And he understands every pain you go through he understands what you're dealing with because he walked through it and he went to the deepest, darkest level of pain. So that through his resurrection, he can give you victory over it and he can give you hope and victory in the midst of that. So that you know you are not alone, that you don't walk this road alone, that you're not in this suffering and this difficult time alone, that he can come and meet you in the midst of suffering and say, I've got you, I've been here and I know the way out. We have a priest He's called a high priest. And it's connected back to, to the Old Testament where a high priest would go into the temple at the time in order to, to, to intercede before God for the people. Hebrews 4 says this, talking about Jesus, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted. He's been where you've been. Every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. 
He's been tempted. He's been stretched every way. Many times we go, yeah, of course, Jesus. Yeah, but I mean, he was perfect. No, no, no. He was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. That's why when you put your faith in Christ because of his resurrection, that you can step from the penalty of your sin into him. That's why he was the perfect substitute for you. If there was sin in him, then there would be no perfect substitute. But he being the substitute for you said, hang on, I'm perfect, they're not, I will take their punishment, thus redeeming who you are. And that's the beauty of the gospel. So he made a way for you to be saved. He made a way for you to get through the most difficult days of your life. He walked through the most difficult pain, not for himself, for you. Why? So that you can be confident that in your darkest day, you can run to him and find hope. And your day that you don't know what to do, no matter what state of lostness or pain you may be in, you can run to him. We live in a culture where we stuff our pain, especially in church, especially religion. Says stuff your pain. Make sure you make make sure no one knows you're in pain. Actually, we even make it very spiritual where we say, well, if you're in pain, then you, you must not have enough faith to get over it. You must not, you must not really have a relationship with God because you should just be able to suffer pain, just move right on. And we believe a lie, and many of us as, as, as believers, we carry pain that we never deal with, that we never bring to God because we think we shouldn't actually have it. We should be more mature than this. And we think if we, if we just ignore it, if we act like it's not there, eventually it will go away. But here's the truth. It doesn't go away. You were never meant to carry it. Stuffing pain is the opposite of what the cross tells us to do. It's the opposite of what Jesus tells us to do. It's the opposite of what Jesus tells you to do. He went to the cross and he rose from the dead. And this is what Jesus tells you to do with your pain, with your weariness. This is what he says. This is what he says about how you can trust him with whatever you're going through today. Regardless of how heinous you think it is, regardless of how difficult you think it is, Jesus says this in Matthew 11, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, which is his way of teaching, his way of loving, his, who he is, and you will learn from me. Now listen, this is who Jesus is. I am gentle, and I am humble in heart, and I will help you find rest for your weary souls. That's what we do with our pain. Jesus was honest with his pain. The night he was betrayed, the the night when all of this began, which we just talked about, Jesus says this in Matthew 26, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. 
And I don't see anywhere in there where the disciples were like, well, you better go pray more than Jesus. You better stop being overwhelmed. Jesus says, I went to the cross in your place so you can bring me your spiritual lostness, your emotional pain, your physical pain, your mental pain. So friends, the resurrection says run to God. Jesus paid the price for you to run to God and receive healing from him because he's been where you've been. And he rose from the dead so he can heal you and bring you hope in the midst of your most difficult pain. The next day we see was a day of chaos and confusion. All of us are going to face this day as well. The disciples, imagine how they felt. Man, they've been walking with Jesus. I mean, they, they had seen Jesus. Like they're out on the Sea of Galilee. The storm comes up. Jesus is catching some Z's in the corner of the boat. They're like, Jesus, um, you know we're going to die, right? And so I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking Jesus woke up and he probably did a good stretch. Just, uh, just to kind of let them know, I'm not worried. But the disciples see Jesus flogged, see him crucified. They're like, Jesus, like you spoke to the wind and the waves. You were like, what's going on? Oh, it's a storm. Hang on. Hey, waves, chill out. And they were like, oof. They're like, Jesus, you, what, what, what's going on? You're on the cross. Like, get off the cross. They, they saw Jesus being beaten beyond recognition. Isaiah 53 is prophesying about this moment. This says that, that, that Jesus, that the Messiah, would be one from whom men would want to hide their faces. He looked so terrible that people didn't even want to look at him. They saw him beaten. They saw him crucified. He was taken down and put in the tomb. The tomb was sealed. They're all going, what is happening? Confused, chaos. They're like, Never mind, I guess. We saw him walk on water. We saw him give sight to the blind. We saw him cast out the demons. We saw him do miracles. And, and now they're totally confused. But the disciples, they didn't see the whole picture like many times we don't. They didn't know really what was going on. They didn't know that Jesus didn't remain on the cross and die because of the whippings and the sword in this, and the spear in the side and the crown of thorns and the, and the, 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 they didn't know the nails actually didn't hold Jesus on the cross. It was his love for humanity that held him there. They didn't, they, they, they thought it was something else. They didn't know that it was the Father's love who put him there. They didn't know that God so loved the world that that's the result of his love. 
for us. They didn't know that Jesus was not a martyr. He wasn't a martyr. A martyr is someone who was killed and they're trying to stay alive, but oh, they're, they're, they're killed anyway. Or a martyr actually is someone who is at the mercy of those killing them. Jesus was not at the mercy of the Roman soldiers. It was not the Jews who killed Jesus. It was not the Roman soldiers who, who killed Jesus. Jesus said this, no one takes my life. I lay it down willingly. This was a willing sacrifice from the Father and the Son being the Lamb for us. It was his love. This was a voluntary, this was a volunteer sacrifice for us. Jesus was on a mission, and that mission was to pay for all the sins of the world. But imagine the confusion, imagine the chaos, the grief, the Messiah who's supposed to overthrow the Roman government, the, the, the Messiah that's supposed to be all this and a bag of chips, or there you could say, and a falafel, I don't know. And it didn't work out. So what happened? That's a serious day of confusion. Have you ever thought that God was going to do something and you just knew it and then it didn't happen? You ever find yourself in a place where you're, you're hurting and you go, I, I never saw this coming. Have you ever found yourself in a place that through your own decisions, you found yourself rocked and shocked and confused and in chaos? We've all been there. It's a part of life. It's one of those days that we walk through. just like the disciples. They probably felt regret. They probably, imagine if, you, if some of us have the disposition that when we go through something and, and a tragedy happens, we go back and we rehearse everything that we could have, should have done differently. This day of confusion and chaos, this is what we do. Oh, I should have, uh, oh man, why didn't I, why didn't I check my daughter's phone? Or why didn't I, why, why didn't I, why didn't I pay attention to, to where they were going? Or why, why didn't I, did I sense God speaking to me and maybe I didn't hear him? Or why didn't I, why didn't I get this checked earlier at the doctor's? Or why, why didn't I stop doing this before it came to this place? For the disciples, why didn't we stop Judas from leaving the Last Supper? Jesus said, it's he who dips, he dips, and then he ran off. Why didn't we tackle his butt and tie him up and throw him away somewhere? Maybe we could have prevented this. Maybe it was something that we did, and maybe it's something that we missed, and maybe all of us do this. The day of confusion and chaos, we go, what did I do? 
Maybe this is me. Maybe this is my problem. What did I? And then if, if, you've, if you've grown up in a legalistic kind of world, you go, is what, what's going on in my life that caused that to happen in their life? What did I do wrong because that made that happen that's wrong? Difficult days. I'm sure that they thought a lot of their failures. I'm sure they thought, man, we all walked away from Jesus. He hung there. We were running for our lives. Once he was arrested, the Bible says that all of them scattered. They were gone. We're out. Freaked out with fear, anxiety, confusion, chaos. Have you ever been there? The disciples went AWOL and left him. They were embarrassed. Peter has to be rehearsing. Jesus looking him in the eyeball and saying, Peter, listen, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, I was, I was like, no, I'll never will, Jesus. They were filled with guilt and now with fear. And then all of a sudden in the midst of chaos and confusion, then all of a sudden it does shift to what about me? I mean, they just hunted down Jesus. They just crucified Jesus. We're one of his disciples. We're next. They're coming after us. They're going to kill us. Absolute chaos and confusion. And here's the question. In these days, this is the question we all ask. This is it. What in the world do we do now? And this is what happens in these days. You're frozen. You can't make a decision. You're confused. You don't know which way is up. We've all been there. Or we will be there. You lose a job. You lose a loved one. You have a bad health diagnosis. Financial concern. You're, finan you, you're falsely accused or you're falsely taken to court. Or the addiction you thought that you could control turns and bites hard and leaves you exposed. Or you're abused. You're persecuted because of your faith in Christ. Or you realize that the lifestyle that you have chosen that the world told you would bring you happiness is actually all a lie. But you've gone so far, you don't know how you can go back. Or you go into a marriage with the greatest of hopes and expectations and you think this is going to be heaven on earth and then the marriage falls apart. It's the same day that leaves us with this question. What do I do now? And this is the moment that we either understand the resurrection of Jesus or like the disciples, we run and we hide. We blame God 
We say, God, well, if you really would have loved me, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, God, if you really cared for me, this wouldn't have happened. This is the moment that we don't know what to do. But this is what the Bible tells us that we are to do in those days. The Bible says, do not forget God's promises. The Bible says, do not forget the resurrection. Do not forget that the resurrection says no matter what day you go through, no matter what difficulty you face, no matter how confused and chaotic things are, you serve a God who conquered death, hell, and the grave and has been where you've been and can meet you where you are and can bring light in the midst of your darkest, most confused day. He is longing to be with you. And the resurrection says, I am here to give you victory and hope in your darkest, most confused day. Never doubt in the dark what God spoke to you in the light. Never doubt it. Jesus earlier told the disciples in John 16, I mean, he says this, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. He told them this. And they're probably quoting, well, he said in a little while we wouldn't see him anymore. But they didn't quote the rest of what he said. How guilty are we of that? And Jesus knew there would be chaos and confusion, but he gave them this promise. No, hold, hold, hold on, hold on a minute. You're going to see me and I'm going to meet you in the midst of this. So I don't know what you're going through today, but I'll tell you this, God wants to give you hope in the midst of your confusion and chaos with his promises. You need to know how to claim those promises. You need to run to what God says, not what you feel. You need to run with what God has established by, by his heart and by his word, not what you see with your own physical eyes. You need to know that in your, in your brokenness and in the, in the chaos and the confusion and whatever it is that's going on in your life, that God wants you to open your life and allow him to come in and to meet you where you are. He, you need to know this. God is not asking you, well, you just better suck up and deal with it yourself, you numpty. That's not what God is saying. He's saying, come to me. All of you who are confused, in pain, weary, who are in chaos, and I will give you rest. Here's the deal for us what resurrection says. It says this, the way has already been paved. We just need to come to him. So I don't know again what you're going through, but Jesus made available hope in the midst of your darkest day. So no matter what you're walking through, I want you to hear this promise out of Isaiah 43. Do not fear, 
For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? For I am the Lord your God. And it's in these days you need to understand this. Like your salvation, you can't save yourself. So you were saved because God, by a sovereignty, saved you. What did you do to save yourself? Nothing. What did you have in your arsenal of saving gear that saved you? Nothing. And in your, in your moments of pain, emotional, spiritual, physical, in your moments of chaos and confusion and doubt and fear, what do you have that can bring peace in your own self to the situation? Let me tell you this, nothing. But you know what you do have? You have a resurrected Savior who has been where you've been to bring hope in the midst of your difficulty and to bring life and power and victory and hope and can do things with you in this broken area of your life in a way that you never thought possible. Why? Because that's what he does. He takes messes and he does miracles out of them. He takes our ashes and he makes something beautiful. But it's all about us just acknowledging I can do nothing of my own power. Because number three, the resurrection of Jesus was for our victory and our peace. When Jesus busted out of the grave, he paved the way for all of humanity to find hope, salvation, victory, peace, healing. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He crushed the head of Satan, which owned you. So when you were born, you were born under the slavery of sin. You were a slave to sin. Purchasing humankind back to himself so all those who put their faith in him can leave the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of, of Satan and can be transformed and transported into the kingdom of light and become one of his children. That's the God that we serve. That's the Savior. And the only way that we can walk in peace and victory is this, put our hope and our faith in the one who has saved us. Your salvation has already been paid for. Your peace has already, been, has already been established. Your hope in the midst of your difficult situation is already available. Your deliverance from addiction has already been, actually has already been purchased and taken care of. 
Your healing of your emotional pain has already been established. We are just to come into alignment and say, Lord, I want to receive this. Because we can't resurrect ourselves. We can't heal our own lives. Only Jesus can. The resurrection of Jesus says that the powers of sin and darkness are broken. Yes, we put our faith in him so we can spend eternity with him. Yes, but the resurrection says, I want to move in your life every day of your life. I want to heal you as you go through your darkest day. I want to bring peace as you go through confusion and chaos. I want to give you my spirit that gives you, helps you to discern all truth when you don't know which way is up. That's what Jesus did for you. He did it so that not only you could be saved, so that you can walk in victory, you can walk no longer a slave to sin, you can walk no longer a slave to, to whatever you're dealing with that you can find hope in the midst of your pain and your chaos. That's what the resurrection says to you. And that's what the resurrection Sunday is all about. Recognizing God wants his resurrection power in every day of your life. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in those who put their faith in Christ to quicken their mortal bodies, to heal their minds, to restore their emotions, to break off of themselves the addictions on their lives, to heal their broken hearts from the betrayal of a broken marriage, to, to break off of them the, the demonic stronghold on their life because of, of some involvement of witchcraft that you were in years ago. God wants to set you free. The resurrection of Christ kicks open the door of bondage and sets you free. When your life is turned to ashes, when it's fallen apart, when your chronic pain, excuse me, chronic pain or chronic problem or chronic state of conflict, Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus is the only answer. He said this, John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, <laughs> though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Paul says this in Philippians. See, Paul understood the resurrection wasn't about something that he'll, he'll experience in the future. He says this that I may know him, meaning Jesus, and the power of his resurrection. And I may share in his sufferings and become like him in his death. The resurrection power of Jesus is available to you right now today. Right now today. Will you receive it? Will you receive? See, when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says that you, you are now in Christ. So you're in Christ. So you're, you're, you're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint. Yes, but I sinned. Yeah, but you are in Christ. 
The Bible says when you put your faith in Christ, you, he puts on you his righteousness. Yes, but I, I, I don't always feel righteous. I don't always think righteous. Yeah, I know. But he put on you his robe of righteousness. And so instead of living from what we feel, living from the mistakes we made and say, well, that gives me my identity. No, it does not. When you put your faith in Christ and the resurrection of Jesus, what that means is you live from who you are now. And that shatters and breaks off every lie of, of Satan. You see, if Satan can't keep you from being saved, he will keep you bound to your old identity. And what you believe you are, you will become. That's why you need to allow the resurrection of Jesus. Not only, yes, we celebrate the, the rolling away of the stone, but you need to allow the resurrection of Jesus to kick your old identity into the butt and get, get it the heck out of your life. You are a child of God and you can begin to live from that. So Jesus wants to meet you today. He wants to bring you hope in the midst of your pain. He wants to bring you peace in the midst of your confusion and chaos. And he wants to bring you life if you don't know him. And so let's pray. Father, we wanna thank you today for what Resurrection Sunday is all about. It's about you going to the places that we're gonna walk through in our life. It's about you paving a way, blazing a trail so that in our difficult days, we find hope, we find life, we find your promises. That in our days of confusion, it's okay if we don't know what to do because you're with us and you know what to do. In our days of great fear, instead of trying to wrestle with our own fear to get it to go away, we actually bring it to you. And we say, Lord, because of your resurrection, I can have freedom from fear I can have freedom from the stronghold of my life. Because of your resurrection, I can have freedom from these tormenting voices in my mind. I can have freedom from these cravings that seem to just compel me to do things I really don't want to do. Lord, today we align our lives with your promises that it is you who has paid the ultimate price so that we could live free in this life and in the next. Lord, today I know there are many people here who are going through days of chaos and confusion. And I pray today that you through your spirit will begin to heal them, will begin to restore them. That God, they will begin to surrender their, their moments of chaos and confusion 
Many of them rehearse in their life all the what ifs about what happens and what if this happens and what if the money runs out and what if, I, what if this happens and what, what if they say this and Lord, I pray right now that they could submit all future things right now in the name of Jesus into your hands that you, they would hear your voice, come to me, come to me. Stop carrying, come to me. I will give you rest. So Lord, we lay these things at your feet. God, there are many people here today who have been betrayed. They've gone through difficult situations in life with loved ones. They've been betrayed by parents. They've been betrayed by children. They've been betrayed by friends. They've been betrayed by husbands. They've been betrayed by wives. They've been betrayed by pastors. They've been betrayed by people who they thought were their, their closest allies. And they have put a wall up in their life that they're not going to trust anyone anymore. Lord, I ask you today that they would surrender that hardness to you. And that through your resurrection, you would begin to administer healing and freedom in which your resurrection was for. Lord, today I pray today for those who don't know you, who've never given their life to you, who recognize at this moment that they don't have resurrection power and victory today in their situation, nor do they have it in their death and eternity. And Lord, I ask you today, Holy Spirit, we welcome you that you would come and just reveal to all of us who are here if we know you or don't know you. And so with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're here today and you recognize right now that you actually don't know Jesus and you haven't repented and surrendered your life fully to Jesus, and you want to do that today, nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand right where you are right now. Just raise it up for a moment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Many of you, you can put your hands down. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that just comes, that just brings us verbally into alignment with what God has done. And we're all going to pray it together. Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I want to live a different way. I want you to cleanse me and forgive me. I want you to heal my heart. Heal my mind. I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe that you were buried in my place. And I believe you rose from the dead so that I could have life. And I believe that you want a relationship with me. And so I receive your forgiveness today. And I become a child of you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen.